You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. As I mentioned that as we gather today on Pentecost Sunday, it is with great joy that we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and renew our attentiveness to the Spirit's work in our lives. And when I say that, at the end of our gospel reading, it says the Spirit's going to remind us of what Jesus told us, and he will teach us everything. And that includes an entire lifetime. At Easter, we spoke about the fact that each year, hopefully, is a year of growth, a year of growth in Christ. And I call those little Easter's, but that new growth isn't always so easy. A new life or change is not always so easy. And so we began in Lent, hopefully getting rid of sin is the primary and dominant part of it. And then discipline in order to live a life in love because God's plan never includes sin and it always includes love or charity, selflessness, giving of self. And we have a hard time. We want to hold on to ourselves and the things that we like in our fallen nature. And so we get to today with Pentecost and we're given hopefully the strength in the Holy Spirit, but also the wisdom and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, that we all probably memorized as children and can recall most of them. But we also have to remember that as a community, particularly one our size, that the Holy Spirit works the way the Holy Spirit wants to work. Now, it's such an important thing as we all gather and think of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that sometimes people say, I don't feel it. I don't, I don't feel it. I don't get it. Where's the Holy Spirit? And they may see someone else who's very effusive and ebullient about the joys of the Holy Spirit and they're filled with it and ready to go. I'm like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And it's important as we note about the workings of the Holy Spirit, a few things. The first is the Holy Spirit works in each and every one of us in a different way. I just gave you the template of the absolutes. No sin. Always try to love. But that's a process. That's a process. And, and we will go through different struggles in our lives from childhood to old age. And there'll be different temptations, different sins we have to overcome, different habits that maybe have been formed that we try to undo, which can be very difficult. But we never lose hope that the Holy Spirit can't change our attitude, our disposition. Our job is to put ourselves in a position to receive the grace that God wants to give us. And then that grace is measured out for the gift of salvation, but also according to our capacity, our ability to take that in. And God will adapt it. The Holy Spirit will adapt it to whatever place in life we are. I think the best analogy for grace when we think of the Holy Spirit is water, is water. Nothing lives without water. Nothing that is living on earth lives without water, which is why we use water at baptism for new life. But it's also a representation of, of death. We think of Noah and the ark. But we also know that when water falls, it makes the oak tree an oak tree. It makes the roses the roses. It makes us us individually. It is something that feeds us and brings us into the unique creation that God has made in each and every one of us. And in that uniqueness, in that uniqueness, 
God puts together that plan of salvation with all the individual gifts and talents that we need at the proper time. At the proper time. Because sometimes we're not ready to do certain things. You know, I oftentimes look at our gospel readings and think of, okay, but what about these saints? You know, what about these saints? I'll just pick three real quick. You know, God will usually work in us very gradually. You know, that oak tree didn't become an oak tree overnight, right? It took a while. Young ones say, now it took a minute. It took a minute. And so we ourselves, with lifetimes, we think of that process, and let's just take our blessed mother. You know, she lived and raised Jesus, but she had some marquee moments, which is what we hope we do. I would say the Annunciation, which is in our stained glass window to the right of her altar, you know, where she proclaims the greatness of the Lord, for he has looked with favor on her lowly servant. She was terrified at the Annunciation, as the scripture tells us, and then proclaiming God's goodness and greatness at the Annunciation. Peter. You know, Peter begins when they have the great catch and he realizes what Jesus did and he says, get away from me, Lord, for I am a sinner. Get away from me, Lord, for I am a sinner. And then he saw how great Christ was. And then at the Bread of Life discourse, at the end of it, Jesus asked him, where are you all going to go? And Peter says, where, where, where are we going to go? He's the one that speaks up. And he says, we have come to believe that you are the one. And then at, in Matthew's gospel, when Jesus asked them, who do people say that I am? Peter doesn't say we've come to know or coming to know. He says, you are the son of God, the living God. His faith was becoming perfected. Paul had a marquee moment, but then he had decades of trudgery, right? The marquee moment going to Damascus, knocked off the horse as some things depict it. Blind, the scales are lifted from his eyes so he can see after Jesus speaks to him. And he spends the rest of his life, as we see, trudging through the difficulties of daily life. And so the point I want to make is we have that same dynamic going on today, depending on how God calls us. And some people are moved in marquee moments, such as maybe First Communion. When I say people, I'm not just talking about our children. I'm talking about parents who watch the children, maybe a renewed. Something just clicks on. Confirmations. Sometimes it's a retreat. Perseo. Maybe the Axe Retreat. Maybe a retreat out to the Jesuit Spirituality Center. Now, I've had a few things of, well, actually, having a child, huh? Having a child and realizing the import and then the commitment and the love that you're going to have. It stretches us, right? By the way, priests have that same kind of thing in their first parish. I was first made a pastor and I realized the responsibility. I was like, oh my gosh, all these people. Now I got to St. Pius, it got worse. <laughs> but you know, you, 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 God stretches us and brings us along as we can. I would not have been ready to handle St. Pius when I was first ordained. I'm not sure I was ready when they sent me here. But he stretches us in a way, in an individual way, and so that we should be comfortable in those gifts. And sometimes all he wants us to do is be a good, holy mom, dad, child, priest, and just do what your daily duties require you to do. There may be nothing spectacular as the world would look at it, but I see it in my office. I see it in my office, people telling me about their lives and some of the beautiful gifts of grace that they've received and how they live their life in such a good and holy way, but they don't see it themselves. But they don't see it themselves. 
And so we have to make sure that we don't kind of try to capture the Holy Spirit and know what he looks like. Other than sin is never in God's plan and love always is. And we know the language of love. And the language of love is what they're talking about, by the way, with Pentecost bringing things back together again. That goes back to the Tower of Babel, right? That was when everybody was speaking different languages. They all got confused. Now we're not confused because no matter what people say, we all know what love looks like. May not be able to defend it, I mean, define it, other than that love is what Jesus would do. But we all know what it looks like. We all know what it feels like. We all know how we are perceived or not perceived in total human dignity. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Whether it's a mother changing a diaper or a priest doing the books back in the office or a deacon going to visit somebody who needs to be visited, whether it's parents at a baseball game, and we do those things so that God will eventually give us the grace we need for salvation in the capacity that we can handle it. But the thing is we have to stay true to the faith, stay away from sin, learn how to love, and God, the Holy Spirit, will lead us along the way where we need to be. We all have different capacities, we all have different raw materials, so we never need to judge. We don't know what gifts God has given to someone or not given to someone. And we should always respect the other in that very same way. And so as we celebrate this Pentecost, I know my, my Easter homilies have been a little bit serious and on a downer for some, I guess. I guess at Easter I was saying new growth isn't easy. It's not. But let's put our heads down and let God grow us. Let God make us that, from that little oak tree to the big one. Let's make sure that we ourselves are attentive to the spirit and do the things we need to do to put ourselves in a position for God to maximize what we can handle. Speaking of that, we have today our adult confirmations, five candidates who have been studying hard the last few months, uh, ready to be confirmed. And so we'll do the confirmation and then during it, I will explain to you guys what we need to do in the sense of, of con congregation participation. Uh, but for now, I'd ask Dale LeBlanc to please come forward and to introduce our candidates. Father Brady, over the past several months, Barbara Apshire and myself have had the privilege of preparing these candidates as they walk this faith journey to the Sacrament of Confirmation. They've been attentive and responsive to anything that we asked of them. I have no reservation in attesting to the readiness of the following to receive confirmation. Kara Lynn Holligan. Manuel Lara Cruz. Owen Thomas Risher. Alfonso Rojas Jr. Samantha Nicole Williams. Now I'll ask uh, the entire congregation to stand for a moment as we renew our baptismal promises. The candidates obviously will respond in the affirmative of I do for all of the questions. And I hope that all of us can 
be renewed in our zeal to pursue the graces that God wants to give to us. And so I ask you all, do you renounce Satan and all his works and empty promises? I do. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered death and was buried, rose again from the dead, and is seated at the right hand of the Father? <laughs>